Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Spiritual principle, honesty. In Overeaters Anonymous, we begin our program of recovery by admitting that we're powerless over food. Some of us have difficulty with this admission because we've had so much experience in trying to control our eating. At one time, or periodically, most of us were able to do so. Our eating may be out of control right now, we persisted in thinking, but someday soon we'll again find the strength of character needed to limit our eating excesses, and this time we'll keep them under control. For all of us, however, the days of controlled eating grew fewer and farther apart until at last we came to OA, looking for a new solution. In OA, we learned that a lack of willpower isn't what makes us compulsive overeaters isn't what makes us compulsive eaters. In fact, compulsive overeaters often exhibit an exceptional amount of willpower. But compulsive eating is an illness that cannot be controlled by willpower. None of us decided to have this disorder any more than we would have decided to have any other disease. We can now cease blaming ourselves or others for our compulsive overeating. The disease of compulsive eating is threefold in nature, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Compulsive eating does not stem simply from bad eating habits learned in childhood, nor just from adjustment problems, nor merely from a love of food, though all three of these may be factors in its development. It may be that many of us were born with a physical or emotional predisposition to eat compulsively, Whatever the cause, today we are not like normal people when it comes to food and eating behaviors. Like compulsive overeaters, normal eaters sometimes find pleasure and escape from life's problems in excess food. A normal eater, however, gets full and loses interest in food. Compulsive eaters often have an abnormal reaction to food. Some of us overindulge and can't quit, and then we crave more. Sometimes the craving is for a particular food. We feel compelled to eat another serving after we finish the first, and then another, and another. Other compulsive eaters indulge in the illusion of control through restricting food intake. Some of us purge after eating in an effort to control our weight. What all compulsive eaters have in common is that our bodies and minds seem to send us signals about food that are quite different from those the normal eater receives. We have found through much experience that no matter how long we abstain from eating compulsively and no matter how adept we become at facing life, we will always have these abnormal tendencies. Those of us who have returned to our former compulsive eating behaviors, even after years in recovery, have found it harder than ever to stop. Clearly, if we are to live free of the bondage of compulsive eating, we must abstain from all foods and eating behaviors that cause us to eat compulsively. But this, too, has proven impossible for us to do by our willpower alone. Before we found OA, every diet or period of control was followed by a period of uncontrolled eating. This is because our malady was not just physical in nature. It was emotional and spiritual as well. We were obsessed with food and no amount of self-control or weight loss could cure us. Because of this obsession, the day always came when the excess food looked so inviting to us we couldn't resist, and our firm resolutions were forgotten. 
Sooner or later, we lost control and returned to compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors. This mental obsession was something we couldn't be rid of by our unaided will. This mental obsession was something we couldn't be rid of by our unaided will. If we were to stop eating compulsively and stay stopped, we had to find another power stronger than ourselves for relief. Most of us have tried to deny to ourselves that we have this disease. In OA, we we are encouraged to take a good look at our compulsive eating, obesity, obsession with food and body image, and the self-destructive things we have done to avoid obesity, the dieting, starving, over-exercising, or purging. Once we honestly examine our histories, we can deny it no longer. Our eating and our attitudes towards food are not normal. We have this disease. Part two of step one, admitting that our lives had become unmanageable, has also been difficult for many of us. We felt that we had managed very well in life despite our problems with food and weight. Many of us held responsible jobs and ran our households with reasonable success. We had friends who liked us, and many of us had fairly good marriages. That these didn't make us happy was surely due to the fact that we were fat or felt we were. If we could just get to the perfect weight, life would be wonderful. Surely it would be exaggerating to say we were incapable of managing our lives. We certainly, we certainly could use some help with the compulsive eating, but with the rest of life, we were doing fine. Again, an honest look at our lives helped us to take step one. Were we really excelling at our jobs or just getting by? Were our homes pleasant places to be or had we been living in an atmosphere of depression or anger? Had our chronic unhappiness over our eating problems affected our relationships Were we truly in touch with our feelings or had we buried our anger and fear and false cheerfulness? We sometimes recognized we had problems but felt that life would be manageable if only we could stop the compulsive eating. Whenever we did stop, however, we found life unbearable. Even getting to our desired weight didn't cure our unhappiness. Many of us believed that our lives would be manageable if only others around us would do as we wanted. We thought everything would be fine if only our bosses would recognize our worth, if only our spouses would give us the attention we needed, if only our children were well behaved, if only our parents would leave us alone. Our lives became unmanageable when the car wouldn't start, the computer broke down, or our bank account wouldn't balance. We suffered from other people's unmanaged lives or from bad luck. What alternative did we have? We ate to sate the fears, the anxieties, the angers, the disappointments. We ate to escape the pressure of our problems or the boredom of everyday life. We procrastinated, we hid, and we ate. Before we came to OA and began discussing our experiences honestly with other compulsive overeaters, we didn't realize how much we had damaged ourselves and others by attempting to manage every detail of life. It was only after we began to recover that we saw the childish self-centeredness of our willful actions. By trying to control others through manipulation and direct force, we had hurt our loved ones. When we tried to control ourselves, we wound up demoralized. Even when we succeeded, it wasn't enough to make us happy. We hid from our pain by eating compulsively, so we didn't learn from our mistakes. We never grew up. 
Some of us resisted step one because it seemed like negative thinking. If we tell ourselves we're powerless over food, we reasoned, then we program ourselves to go right on eating compulsively. Later, we discovered that far from being a negative factor, the admission of our powerlessness over food has opened the door to an amazing newfound power. For the first time in our lives, we recognized, acknowledged, and accepted the truth about ourselves. We are compulsive eaters. We do have an incurable disease. Diabetics who need to be on insulin risk blindness and possible death unless they recognize the truth of their diabetic diabetic condition, accept it, and take the prescribed medication. So it is with compulsive overeaters. As long as we refuse to recognize that we have this debilitating, progressive, and ultimately fatal disease, we are not motivated to get the daily treatment that brings about our recovery. Denial of the truth leads to destruction. Only an honest admission to ourselves of the reality of our condition can save us from our destructive eating. The same principle applies to our unmanageable lives. As long as we believe that we already know what is best for us, we cling to our habitual ways of thinking and acting. Yet these ways of thinking and acting got us into the unhealthy, unhappy condition we were in when we came to OA. In step one, we acknowledge this truth about ourselves. Our current methods of managing have not been successful, and we need to find a new approach to life. Having acknowledged this truth, we are free to change and to learn. Once we have become teachable, we can give up old thought and behavior patterns that have failed us in the past, beginning with our attempts to control our eating and our weight. Honest appraisal of our experience has convinced us that we can't handle life through self-will alone. First, we grasp this knowledge intellectually, and then finally, we come to believe it in our hearts. When this happens, we have taken the first step and are ready to move ahead in our program of recovery.